Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Buenos tardes, mi amigo. Hola, my good friends. Cinco de mayo on Tuesday. And I hoped we'd see each other again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello, everyone. Happy holiday season. I am Michael D. Catherwood, host of Mikey Likes You, the greatest podcast on the planet, verified by science. I am a certified personal trainer, a veritable broadcasting legend, compulsive masturbator, uh, registered esthetician. Uh, the inventor of the penny, um, and a fine Bavarian cobbler, here to serve you. How's everyone doing? Um, it seems like uh, a little bit of life has calmed down in uh, you know since the election, but it also seems like maybe I don't know about where you're listening, but. Where I'm doing my show from here in California, yay, it seems like the lockdowns are getting ready to start up again. As Harry, Harry, shut up. Please. Come here. Come here, buddy. Bear with me. Or should I? Oh! Not only Harry, but Gloria, my new puppy, is... Like, I can't... I can't begin to explain how annoying she is. She's so cute and so loving. Hi, Bubba. She's so cute and so loving and so sweet, but she's so big and so annoying because she's a puppy. I mean, she's legitimately a puppy. She's only like eight, nine months old, but she's monstrous. She's like 70 pounds. And dogs are not the smartest animal to begin with, but when you take a baby dog, that's like, it's a really dumb creature and she's big and dumb. That's a bad combo. She breaks everything. She runs into everything. She actually like severely hurt my leg to the point that like Jason Ellis is like, oh dude, did you get leg kicked? Did you get, cause I was limping so bad. I was like, no, my dog ran full speed into my leg as I was planting. Just sideswiped me full on like Buakau Sanchai high level leg kick. Took my knee out, but I love her. She's sweet. Hi, Papa. Yes, I'm petting her as we speak. Anyway, um, so it does seem like uh, maybe some lockdowns are getting ready to fire back up again, but eh, let's keep our fingers crossed. You guys, you guys good? Can we, can I do a podcast? Seriously? Thank you. Anyway, but um, more importantly, and I think, uh, more beneficial for us to focus on than uh, the lockdowns or any type of political nonsense that may be upsetting to anyone is the fact that it's the holiday season, right? It's official. It's a holiday season. You can listen to your um, Christmas music and you can put up your turkey decorations or whatever, what have you, <laughs> candy corns. Here's another thing. Fuck candy corn. Worst candy ever. Not even open for debate, in my opinion. It should only be used as decoration. 
because I know most of us don't have access to like nice acorns all the time. So the candy corn, sufficient. A sufficient alternative. It's not to be eaten. Fuck that. If you enjoy eating candy corns, maybe you should be deported. <laughs> That's a little extreme. You should have you should go to jail for a day. If you if you willingly eat candy corn. If you're like, yeah, this is good. I really want to buy a package of candy corn and eat it. You go to jail for a day. In my America. Um, <coughs> but you can start putting it up and start getting festive and start getting uh, happy about the holidays. I've come to love the holidays. I didn't like them so much growing up. Right around the time I had my daughter, a little bit before that too, I have to thank my wife for that. I started to develop to uh, develop a real passion for the holidays. I love it. I love the time with family. I love the colder weather. Um, I love the ability to give gifts. I'm not so big on receiving them. It makes me feel weird, but uh, I do like it when they're good. You know, I do. The uh, laptop that I'm using to record this podcast was a gift from my wife last year, and I love it. It's the best. So I like gifts. I like giving gifts. I really like giving gifts. I like making gifts with my hands and my brain. Um, but one thing kind of I guess you could look at as a downside to the holidays, it's it's become a downside for me. And I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast would, would, would agree with me that you tend to eat too much, right, around the holidays. And if you're someone who's always struggled with eating – the holidays can be particularly difficult. If you're someone like me who's always been really anally retentive about your eating, then the holidays can also be really difficult because you want to adhere to your diet, right? You don't want to be – you don't want to eat a lot of stuff that you don't like to eat. But at the same time, you also don't want to be a dick. You don't want to be that guy or that girl that goes to like a holiday – a Thanksgiving meal and fucking brings your own pre-prepared – turkey breast uh, with no mashed potatoes and doesn't have a slice of pie or whatever. Hey, Harry, Harry, come here. Stop it. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, you get what I'm saying. And I've talked about this on podcasts before where I think it's a big mistake to let your life slip by and not enjoy really good, um, really fantastic events in your life which at the whenever the end may come for you you're going to look back on things and you're not going to re really remember your six pack and you're not really going to appreciate your your shredded delts what you are going to appreciate is your kids birthdays your mom's birthday your you know uh, um thanksgiving dinner and christmas dinner hanukkah dinner whatever it may be these shared events that you have these are these are important and i went on vacation with my family and I, I i talked about how i got back from vacation and i was in atlanta which is a great food town and like a real real gem when it comes to especially like american soul food um and i didn't eat any and i was like what the fuck am i doing am i really that much leaner than i would have been if i didn't have a couple pieces of fried chicken if i didn't have some you know, mouth-watering grits with butter and stuff. Like, of course not. I could have enjoyed myself instead of being Mr. Poopy Pants with my wife and daughter who were enjoying themselves and I was like this this total stick in the mud. So I do think that that 
it's important to enjoy yourself when it's time to enjoy yourself. But there's, I also think like it's really very immature and very kind of silly to think that just because it's a certain day on the calendar, we should make ourselves feel like poo. You know, you got to find the middle ground. Um, so that's kind of like what I wanted to address on today's episode is essentially how to live an enjoyable life, enjoy your time, not be a social pariah because of your dieting, but also how to not punish yourself and, and use um, festive events as an excuse to be a, 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 a glutton. Um, but first, my friends, let me tell you about something very important. It is the holiday season. What does that mean? It means NFL. Yeah, buddy. Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day, some of the best NFL there is. Why? Why let this opportunity slip through your fingers without having the most fun possible? I'm telling you about my friends at Bet Online. Okay? They've got game spreads, totals, teams, players, coaching props, so many ways to bet and have fun with the NFL and a myriad of other sports. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your sports book experts. All right, so um, let's um, let's take Thanksgiving and use it as our example because it's the first holiday on the docket. Um, Halloween has just passed. I'm sure you guys enjoyed some candy. I didn't, and it's certainly not because I I didn't want to enjoy candy. It was I didn't restrict myself, is what I'm saying. This Halloween, I guess, because there was no uh, trick or treating and stuff, it was a little different because of the lockdowns and whatnot. It wasn't as festive for me and my daughter. She certainly got her candy, and my parents and I tried my best to make it like a great Halloween, and she enjoyed it, seemingly. But it wasn't the same type of thing where we go house to house, and she gets just tons of candy and the whole thing. And my wife was out of town. She was in Atlanta filming, and I was here in Los Angeles just with me and my daughter. So I just didn't really feel compelled. I didn't really want candy. If I did, I would have had some. And I wouldn't have felt bad about it. Here's the thing. I wouldn't have had 40 pieces. If I would have had a couple Kit Kats and Butterfingers, you know, because I set those aside. Those are like my faves. I would have had a couple. And then I would have felt good about it and been okay. You got to learn. At least, look, from my experience, learning to enjoy yourself without punishing yourself is what we've got to collectively do when it comes to having a a nice life and also taking care of our health i i really don't subscribe to the never have anything yummy ever take and i certainly don't subscribe to the eat whatever the heck you want because you only live once take there is a middle ground a real nice one and if you eat through the week in a, in, a, in a fashion that really makes you feel good about yourself and is giving you results, whatever those are for you specifically, 
then when it comes time for that uh, kid's birthday party or that quinceanera or whatever it is, that nice um, experience that comes your way and the cake is passed around, have a slice. Maybe don't even finish that slice. But have it. And you don't have to feel bad about it. The problem I always got into, and I think that a lot of you guys can relate, is you try your hardest to be so fucking restrictive with your diet all the time. Then when the time comes, it's Halloween or it's your birthday or whatever it is. Then you have 17 pieces of cake, wash it down with donuts and a gallon of milk because you're like, I'm celebrating. Then you feel awful. Physically, you feel terrible after eating that much. Then the next day, it's almost impossible to get your cravings back in order because your palate has been thoroughly abused. And you've really set yourself back more than a couple steps. You've really done damage, not overall, not just to your body. Because frankly, one uh, half of a day of eating like shit probably wouldn't in the long run do much damage to your body, what it does do is it, give, it it destroys your morale. It psychologically puts you in a big disadvantage. And then you have to kind of start all over again at building better habits. And I found when I get that yummy shit that I don't normally eat, be it a donut or a hamburger or whatever, and I have a hamburger and four fries and I know like I want more, but I, I'm able to stop myself – that builds more control. It builds more of an ability to eat intuitively and to eat better. It even builds more than than being completely strict. That's that's the type of stuff that I feel like is is overall long term sustainable habit building that is really 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 um, useful and and is what we should all strive for when it comes to diet and nutrition. Um, because. There, unless you're getting a paycheck for your body, you know, you're a fitness model or an actor or a, or a bodybuilder or an athlete or something like that, I, that, those people are in a different class because that's their livelihood. If my six-pack was my livelihood, I would never eat shit like that. I wouldn't. I'd do a photo shoot and... And I would then maybe have like a piece of cake, you know, like be like, look at me, I'm celebrating because I've got had my fine photo shoot. And then I get back on track and start weighing my food and the whole thing. That's not a way to live your life for 99.9% of us because we don't make money with our bodies. What we do make money with, regardless of what your, um, your, your profession is, what you make money with is being the best you and being the best you doesn't mean that you have to restrict yourself all the time and be a, a fucking sore, angry piss ass. But being the best you also doesn't mean being overweight. I can't think of any lifestyle that would you would benefit from being overweight. And this is not an insult or in any way saying something pejorative to people out there who are listening to this who are overweight. What I am saying is that your life will will be better in many ways. There's many facets of life that will improve if you weren't. Okay? That can be said without any judgment to 
having a body or having a, a, a weight on you that is undesirable. I'm in no way saying that you are somehow a flawed person, that, that you are in any way defective, that your personal character is in any way affected by the fact that you may not have the, the waistline that you want. What I am saying that if we're going to be honest with ourselves, being the best that we can be is being within a certain level of, um, of health and, and, and uh, body weight. It's the number one predictor and cause of health problems globally, including smoking. When they do longevity tests, you know, real scientists do these longevity tests. One of the main things that they've found is that the abdominal area, and you, and I'll, I'll bring on nutritionists and doctors, MDs, to to back this up. I've had a couple, you know, on this show talk about it. One of the main predictors of uh, all all sign health and mortality is uh, the circumference of you know waist and belly button and abdominal fat. Also, um, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people and I, I have deep, deep love for a lot of people that are overweight. Some people dramatically overweight. My father comes to mind. He's very happy. But at his age, it's hard for him to do certain things. It's hard for him to sleep as well as he would like to, to sleep. It's hard for him to be as mobile as he'd like to be. There's all these things that come up, and and he will even be the first to admit there's certain cognitive problems that come with being dramatically overweight. Um, so, what I'm saying is is I I I really despise the super fit people who get on their high horse and start to in any way start talking in a in a fashion that's condescending, or um, or insulting to people who may not look like them or or look in a way that they seem that they deem um, classically healthy. What I am saying is that try we all should strive to try to find the the middle ground where we are enjoying the foods that we like when we want them and also taking care of our health. And that 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 can be done. It's not easy, but it can be done. And um, I want everyone to go into this holiday and enjoy themselves and have the best holiday they can. I also don't want us to fall into the trap of thinking because there's – like I said, there's a certain day on the calendar, whether it be Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever. And then you say, well, now it's time for me to just exercise zero discipline and to treat my body like a fucking ragdoll. Um. So here are some tips that I would give you to uh, help get through the holidays, things that I've found to be useful, and a couple things that have been backed by science to, um, you know, help us uh, enjoy ourselves a little more. Tip number one, exercise. Um, Obviously, it's always a good idea to exercise, but if you can on Thanksgiving Day, Leading up to Thanksgiving Day, exercise in a normal fashion. And the day before Thanksgiving, I would taper off my carbs as best as possible. Have nothing but protein and really uh, low glycemic veggies, salad and steak, you know, for, for the day before, maybe even two days before Thanksgiving. 
wake up Thanksgiving morning and engage in high intensity interval training to get your body really primed to be insulin sensitive and to have lower blood sugar and all these things, all these great things to go into the meal that is probably going to have a lot more sugar and a little bit more of the uh, blood, the the blood sugar and insulin um, chaos that comes with these crazy meals. So high high intensity interval training in the morning or in the afternoon prior to this big meal, um, and lay off the carbs twenty four to forty eight hours prior to the meal. Okay, just get that blood sugar down. Get it. Get yourself a little bit more insulin sensitive to uh, to to prepare for this meal. Then the meal comes. I would say a a tablespoon, maybe two of apple cider vinegar prior to the meal. Wash it down with a lot of water because it can make people fucking choke. <laughs> but um, there has been some nice science to show that it can lower blood sugar and make you a little bit more insulin sensitive. This is not a cure all. There's been a lot of really ridiculous claims about apple cider vinegar and how it could just it's better than metformin and it's it completely cures your ability to uh, regulate uh, glucose and all that. no, but it does lower your blood sugar for a temporary amount of time. So the uh, apple cider vinegar with uh, prior to your meal, right? Go into the meal, portion it out better. Try to. At Thanksgiving, is, is, is a good example would be try to eat your salad and your turkey first. Before you have a even one roll, before you have one bite of mashed potatoes, before you have one bite of, of yams or cranberry sauce, have turkey. Just really make sure that that's a priority. So that means no bread before dinner or anything. Have your turkey, have some uh, salad, and then at least that way you're filling your belly up say 75% with this protein and the fibrous vegetables. And if you eat slow enough, which we all should, or at least try to eat slower, it gives your body a chance to start digesting these foods, naturally pulling your blood sugar down a little bit. Now, when you move on to your mashed potatoes and then subsequently your pumpkin pie, try your best to not eat to the point that breaks your natural hunger level. I don't think you should be weighing it. I don't think you should be going to the point that you're you're being very nitpicky about like how many spoonfuls of of mashed potatoes. But we all know the difference. The old antacid commercials where the guy's literally unbuttoning his pants because he he can't keep his fucking distended food belly from staying in his his pants at a normal waist. There's no no good that comes from that because it's not satisfying, right? And be honest. I don't th- – I enjoy burgers and fries and fried chicken and pizza and donuts. I do. I love mashed potatoes. I do not feel good. I do not en- end up enjoying those same foods when I eat them to the point that I'm bloated and full to the – like bursting. It sucks. You get drowsy. You feel hor- – I feel horrible. I don't even like to be touched. That's not Okay. And that's the that's the territory you get in where you fuck yourself up for days to come because then it it really manipulates your palate in a way that it makes it really hard to get back on the horse. Whereas if you eat six, eight ounces of turkey and then some salad and then you give yourself a break, take a deep breath and 
you then engage in like a half a cup of mashed potatoes, enjoy it, have a roll, and then have a slice, maybe half a slice of pie, and then you go, that was delicious, I'm good. I don't feel like I'm ready to burst. I don't feel gross. I, I, I'm, I'm content. I enjoyed that food. I feel satisfied. Stop. It will be hard for the first 20 minutes. But I promise you this. It will be a lot easier after. Like you just give yourself that time to get through the rough zone, which is probably the first 20 minutes where you're watching everybody else eat more and more and more. But once you do, then the food starts to settle. You start to get a little bit of uh, metabolic activity and the food starts to digest. And you're like, oh, you know what? I did enjoy that pie. I did enjoy those potatoes and I'm okay. I feel good. If you can stop there and stay within a reasonable level, in the long run, you'll actually start to develop these beautiful habits of restraint and getting more mindful with your eating. Right, Because I'm as guilty of it as anyone. I get very detached from reality while I'm eating and I just start filling up my face as opposed to enjoying and savoring the food. And the and next thing I know, I've eaten more than I needed and I've eaten more than I probably should have and I feel bad. I don't, I don't even mean just physically. I feel bad physically. I also feel bad emotionally and I start to get like shame spiraled. Sometimes it, it motivates me to eat more because I start to get self-punishing about the bullshit because I fucking did that. But when I'm able to like have a piece of cake or have a half a piece of cake and push it away and go, yeah, it was really good. I'm okay. I feel better an hour later than I did if I had fucking broccoli and chicken breast. It's really amazing. You start to get more in touch with kind of the soul of, not to sound too corny, but they, that that spiritual feeling that comes with being more in tune with who who you are and how you really feel and not neglecting that feeling and and giving in to um, the, the 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 temporary temptation that comes with a lot of these things it's very similar to look like if you can enjoy two beers or a glass of wine and say I'm good I'm satisfied there's that's beautiful if you have six, seven, eight beers and continue to look for more, I think we can all agree that's not necessarily a good thing. Well, the same thing goes for food. Having a slice of pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving is beautiful. Having some mashed potatoes is beautiful. Having three cups of mashed potatoes and then a couple slices of pie with whipped cream on top, not so beautiful, right? Because you're going beyond what you really even desire. You're allowing your kind of animal instinct to overpower your your left brain. And um, we're not just low primates. We're animals just like any other animal. And what do dogs do? What do you know lions do? What do bears do? They they eat well beyond what they need. Why? Because they don't know when their next meal is. The overwhelming majority of us know when we can get food, and we can get food pretty much whenever we want. Now, if you're homeless and you're you honestly don't know when your next meal is, okay, I'm you know don't take my advice. But who are we kidding? The majority of us are not in that situation, regardless of our financial setup. 
so why? Why would we do? Why would we be like a dog? If you left the dog food on the floor, if you let the bag of dog food on the floor, the dog would go through the whole bag, regardless of how hungry he or she is. Well, we're better than that. There's a reason why we're higher on the food chain is because we can we can kind of outthink that and do things that are a little, little bit more appropriate and long term a lot more beneficial for us than um, what our animal instinct would tell us to do. And I think that you know a lot of that is just if we look at it, that's what where maturity comes in, right? That's what maturity is: is having the ability to outthink our primal desires because. When I was 18, I couldn't do that. If a girl offered sex to me, regardless of how fucking dumb it was to have sex with said girl, whether it was like a friend's girl, ex-girlfriend, if it was like uh, um, my active girlfriend's female friend, like I, I couldn't stop. <laughs> if she was just a terrible person, what if she was a really toxic person? Or if you didn't have protection and you knew like, hmm, might not be a good idea. Pregnancy wouldn't be. But I I couldn't regulate that. A grown man goes, listen, I appreciate that you're coming on to me. uh, But uh, I think it's better for both of us if I just take you home. That's outthinking your primal instinct. I will be very honest with you. Am faced with times when I'm like, I want to break this guy's fucking head. You know, an agent or a producer or something says something or acts in a way or even will be dismissive to my wife in a public setting. And and every fiber of my body goes, I should punch this guy full swing in the face. But he can't. My animal, every fiber of my instinct is like, I, I need to make this man pay. Because he is he is intruding on my family and my my well being. Well, maybe he's certainly a fucking asshole. But what good comes from me breaking my own hand and then possibly going to jail? Nothing. So my brain has to go in and go like, what are you? What are you? What are you? Fucking in, a, 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 a kindergartner? You're not going to punch this man, okay? You can tell him that he's. He needs to rethink who he is and maybe take a long, hard look in the mirror and walk away. Whatever. I don't know. Do something mature. I'm not good at this stuff. What I am saying is that we all are faced with this, right? How many of us are in relationships where our partner does something or says something when you go, I'm going to fucking drop a bomb right now. I'm going to wreck this bitch. I'm going to wreck this guy. But you're like, wait, wait. Okay. Long run. uh, Is this good? No, it's not. Same thing goes for the second piece of pie or the fucking third helping of mashed potatoes in the fifth roll. Okay? That's all I'm saying. So, you've uh, you've had your high-intensity interval training in the morning. You've uh, depleted yourself of carbs a little bit. Uh, you've um, had, your, had your fill. And with this meal where you've had your fill and you're using restraint and you're using self-control and you're being mindful, have some fish oil. Okay, two grams, one gram. I like to some good EPA DHA fish oil for you vegans out there. Look for some good algae based um, omega threes. 
but I, I honestly, if you're not vegan, go for the uh, marine life. Well, I guess the algae be marine life. I'm the fish based, you know, krill or fish oil, a really good omega three. Have about two. That will do wonders for um, keeping your blood sugar in check and making sure that you're not going completely off the rails. And also it will take care of later on maybe a little bit of cravings that would come from giving your palate that stimulation. Okay, apple cider vinegar before, fish oil with it. Also, especially with um, holiday meals, Cylon cinnamon. Not just any old cinnamon. Cylon cinnamon. C-E-Y-L-O-N not only does it taste great on a lot of things, it does wonders for insulin sensitivity and blood sugar. Have that with your meal if you can. Even if you're having something that's not cinnamony or can't have cinnamon added to it, teaspoon or two mixed in some water or coffee tea, um, it really does help. Yeah, this isn't hippie bullshit. That, that stuff works. Cylon cinnamon, okay? Another tip and something else that I think will... This is something you can carry with you into everyday life. Uh, Cylon cinnamon is, is by the way, I, I put Cylon cinnamon on at least one dish every day. Um, besides post-workout, every meal I get a chance to, if I'm having sweet potatoes, if I'm having oatmeal, if I'm having anything that can take some cinnamon, I put Cylon cinnamon on it because it is, it's a, it's a healthy food. Harry. Um, so that's another tip that you can take with you uh, in your day-to-day life. Here's another tip take with you in your day-to-day life. Drink a shit ton of water. It is not an end-all be-all when it comes to regulating your diet, but it certainly helps. Don't go into this Thanksgiving meal or uh, other holiday meals dehydrated. It definitely has an impact on your ability to restrain yourself, to deal with cravings, and it also, frankly, it fills you up. Drink a gallon of water every day. It's going to make it so much easier to not eat to the point uh, beyond your satisfaction. So drink a shit ton of water, especially because you're going to be doing that high-intensity interval training in the morning. So leading up, you're you're just going to stuff yourself with water, and uh, that'll help take up a lot of room. And maybe it'll also psychologically help you in restraining, okay? On top of that, after that meal, it's going to help you pee a lot and get out any maybe free radical damage or impurities that are going to come from uh, a, a high sugar, high fat meal. What is the other tip I can give you? Take at least, at least, 10 minute walk, good brisk walk after you eat. Postprandial walks have been shown to be as effective as diabetic drugs diabetic pharmaceutical drugs at regulating blood sugar and insulin sensitivity. My man Stan Efferding from a couple uh, episodes ago has been promoting the 10-minute walk after at least two of your meals a day. And let me tell you, there is the science there. So do it. Post-meal, you have yourself a 10-minute walk. Also, it'll just make you feel better. I know some of you may be listening to this in Stockholm or uh, Minnesota, um, and it may not be as easy to go for an outdoor 10 minute walk, but it's really invigorating. I know I'm sitting on my high horse here in sunny California. It's like 80 degrees right now as I record this, but, um, I, I've lived in cold environments. I've lived in Minnesota, not long term, but for about a month or two. And 
I love nothing more than throwing on a parka and a sweater and going for a walk. It's fucking gorgeous and it makes you feel good. It really does. But what it will do for you and undoing certain damage that may come with eating a meal that is not necessarily like picture perfect is is bankable, no ifs, ands, or buts, totally useful. So 10, at least 10 minute walk. If you want to go for a 40 minute walk, good for you. Got dogs, throw them on a leash. You got a kid, get him or her and go for a walk after your meal. It really does work. Okay, so let's go down the checklist again. (coughs) Pardon me. Fish oil with your meal. Drink lots of water before, during, after. Teaspoon apple cider vinegar right prior to the meal. High-intensity interval training a couple hours before the meal. Make sure you're depleted of carbs as best you can be going into that day. So 24, 48 hours. Then enjoy yourself. 10-minute walk at least after, immediately after your meal. And boom, Bob's your uncle. Okay, so those are the pieces of advice that I have for you. These are things that I've applied to my life that have really helped me regulate my diet and also enjoy my life. So now I want to get into something really special. For the first time in the history of Mikey Likes You, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome my personal friend, Someone that I'm closer with than anybody else in the world that I'm not related to. At Kulo Breaker on Instagram and Twitter. Please put your hands together for Rudy Cisneros. Rudy, what's up? Hey, what's up, fool? Rudy, how you been, man? It's been a long time since I talked to you. What's been going on? Oh, damn. I, uh, listen, I just got out of the hospital, fool. What? The hospital? What happened, dude? <clears throat> well, like... Okay, like, you know, when the Dodgers, they won the World yeah. Series, yeah. I, I went nuts. I'm a big Dodger fan for us celebrating. <laughs> okay. And, you know, like, some pistol and some weed and shit. And, like, next thing you know, I got crazy for it. Like, I was, I was in the hospital. Yeah, but, okay, well, how, how did you end up in the hospital? What happened to you? Well, I guess, like, I was, like, eating. I went, I was at my friend Kuka's house, fool. We were watching out back. He has, like, a, a projection screen or some shit. And like, cause you know, social distancing for, and this vato said, I climbed on the fucking ceiling. And I started eating shingles on the roof. Fool. I was eating the shingles and then I was on the roof. I was like, I'm R. Kelly. And I started peeing on everybody, like pee pee everywhere. I'm, I'm R. Kelly. I'm pee pee. And then, then I started seeing, I believe I could fly. I believe I, you know, I could believe I could. And then, but I, I tried to fly. Because I believe I can fly, and it turns out I can't fly. So I broke my legs and a couple arms. A couple arms? Well, how would you... Never mind. Well, I like, are you okay? Yep. Do you care to elaborate at all? Yep. Okay, uh, do you have any, like, fitness tips or anything you could give my audience? Yeah, hey, fool, I do. Like, um, I started using this uh stuff, this this stuff I got. Like, um, this is it's called steroids. It's been dope. <laughs> it's steroids. Yeah, my grandma, my abuelita gets them in Mexico, and they make me buff. Thanks. Uh, great advice, Rudy. Appreciate it. 
Hey, no hay problema, fool. Hey, um, before before I go, um, hey, you know dinosaurs? Yeah, I mean, I'm aware, like dinosaurs, like Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> uh, all right, man. Let's. Well, it's been great talking to you, dude. I, I hope that you can. Uh, hey, you should watch the. Uh, by the way, uh, watch the Queen's La La Queen's Gambit. Oh yeah, on Netflix. My wife and I love that show. I did not know you were into chess, Rudy. Yeah, fool. When I was in, when I was locked up, all I did was play chess and butt fuck. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, yes, Rudy Cisneros. Thank you so much, man. You're the best. Hey, dog. Take it easy, fool. I guess I don't need to point this out, but Rudy is not a medical professional. Don't take any of his advice without checking with a medical professional first. But uh, the Queen's Gambit is a great show. Thank you so much to Rudy Cisneros uh, at Culo Breaker. C-U-L-O-B-R-E-A-K-E-R, Kulo Breaker, on Instagram. Very funny, very talented young man. Um, And thank you to you all. I hope you have a fantastic holiday. And remember, in this crazy mixed-up world that makes you think that nobody cares, I do. Be good, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.